Welcome to the Out of the Basement Podcast, a show where a group of friends get together and talk about a variety of geeky topics. Find out what shows we've been watching, find out what movies we've seen, find out what games we're playing. Come along and join us. We hope you enjoy the show. All right, hello and welcome to another episode of the Out of the Basement Podcast. My name is always is Evan Turak, and today I'm joined by Patrick Leeson. Hey, Patrick Gramsahoy. Hello. Paul Sanders. Hello. And Dwayne McKinnon. Greetings. So we're all here today, which is nice. Uh, I think this is two recordings in a row that everyone's been there. So happy to see that. Um, Why don't we jump right into it and get to the weeks in the hobby since our last recording. Um, We missed a month. So I'm sure there's quite a bit for us to catch up on. Paul, let's start with you. (laughs) Nope, there's not a lot to catch up with me. Um... (laughs) Uh, mostly when I'm not um, playing Elite Dangerous, because that seems to be what we have stumbled across. Um, I have been spending my time on Netflix watching, this is going to sound stupid, a lot of um, Chinese dramas and Korean dramas, believe Very it or good. not. Mm-hmm. Um, my sister kind of got me interested in them several years ago. Because uh, she spent, what was it, a year and a half, two years teaching in Korea? Korea, yeah. And uh, <clears throat> she made me watch one when she came to visit. And I was just kind of interested in it. And I've always sort of been on and off watching either something like um, Crouch and Tiger, Hidden Dragon type stuff, only an actual like full 50 episode series of that um, style of. Uh, type of show and then just the last two weeks here fallen into the korean dramas pretty stupidly strong and now i can officially say that my uh netflix algorithm is fudged (laughs) (laughs) Um, that's all that shows up there's like i'm looking at it right now and there's four lines of just that (laughs) i'm like ah Damn it. <laughs> oh, oh, you've also watched no, the, the, yeah. the expression you're looking for is FUBAR. Oh, uh, yes. Your Netflix. It is FUBAR, yes. But um, okay. I'm okay with half of it. <laughs> so, um, but uh, yeah, you, you I guess can... also on Saturdays. Yes, Patrick, I'm getting to it. Um, <laughs> we have been doing our sort of. I, I, is it like a retro movie night? Sort of retro weird movie stuff. Yeah, terrible, like. 80s films that aren't terrible but can technically be classified as terrible okay um i need two things more details and why am i not involved in this <laughs> it's it from new york is one of them we saw yeah. it last week um yeah what was the one you had so many questions there paul oh uh oh i had yeah, I so remember. many questions it was it, um, uh, well, keep, keep it talking. Big Town yeah. in Little China or something? Oh, that, oh, what was that one? Oh, Flash Gordon. Flash Gordon, that's the I one. I had Flash so Gordon, many yeah. questions. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yes, Flash Gordon. I believe the best thing about that movie is the soundtrack. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I had many questions. What are you talking about? <laughs> the soundtrack is the worst part of that movie. That movie is so Flash. fantastic. Oh. <laughs> Although I, 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 I do like the main theme. Yeah. But yes. the, the, the 
the, the space oh, opera, rock opera, just, uh, I, yeah, I don't get that at all. It's so funny, though. All we hear in everyone's was like, I have questions. I have questions. <laughs> yeah. It carries on now. We watch a lot of movies, and it just somewhere along the way, I'll be like, I have questions. <laughs> it's sort of becoming a catchphrase. <laughs> so, but, yeah. Um, so, yes. My, uh... I, I can't really even go into an explanation of the what the shows that I've watched because they're just ridiculous. <laughs> and it's sort of something like I could try to explain it to you, but you might as well just watch it yourself. It'd be easier. They have convoluted, twisting plots in all of these. It's 80s, man. It's 80s. <laughs> no, okay. I'm not talking about those. I'm talking back, back oh, the to, other the, one. Uh, to the, 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 the Korean? The Korean and Asian um, shows. So you watch the host because thing? I also it's, it's either Japanese, Chinese, or yeah. Korean. Part, you should so. watch the host. The host then, a Korean sort of horror movie. I think, I'm, I think it's on the list somewhere. I'm sure it is with your. <laughs> <laughs> I know. Last yeah, it's like you said. Last week we did watch Escape from uh, New York. Yeah, I am all will... over the place, and I apologize. I've got a migraine yeah. right now, so yes. Okay. You'll, you'll miss um, both of the, uh, Prisoners of Ghostland, though. So. Yes. You would have so many questions in that one. <laughs> Probably. Although I was talking to uh, Gavin, our friend Gavin earlier, and um, I floated to him. I said, for a uh, possible movie night, um, Hot Fuzz and Shaun of the Dead. Oh, the um, well, what I would, I would just like um, uh, World's End or whatever, but I didn't really like that. You know? Uh, I've watched a few times and I just could never get into it either. Okay. Any of the times I watched it, so. But uh, I, I suggested that, and he's like, oh, "I have them." <laughs> I'm like, "You have everything." <laughs> Hot Fuzz is fantastic. Yes, it is. I mean, of the, of, the is, of, of them, it's my by far my favorite. Yeah. So. It is the best send up of cop action up. films I have ever yeah. seen. I just thought that when they have to get a translators, two translators to talk to one guy. I just, I just watched on YouTube that specific scene came up on my YouTube list. And I was like, oh, I gotta watch this. I know I've seen it a million times. I'm like, I want the laughs. Yeah. <laughs> so I watched yeah. that scene <laughs> where they yeah. discover the, ar the armory and the guy's two shit bullshit. that? This one. This one. This. What do you mean? This one. See <laughs> <laughs> <C> mine. <laughs> But yes, that that, that was uh, hot fuzz is hilarious. Yeah. Mm -hmm. like, have you ever done it? No. Have you ever done? No. Have you ever done? No. <laughs> yes. So yeah, that's that's now on my list of things I need to watch again is hot fuzz. And you haven't so. done any gaming either, as I um like our like role playing game. RPG. Yeah. No, we were pla we're planning on doing aliens though soon. I hope. Mm -hmm. so. Yes. We can start that without dev. <gasps> Dun, dun, dun. Well, you well, start without me, so I didn't yeah. that. We did. Well, that's because we did, did it. I'm not too, but we'll start without Dev. We'll have Dev be shoved into the airlock. <laughs> not going to kill him. He's, he doesn't wake up from his, his sleep. No, no, he had he had food poisoning when he went <laughs> into his sleep. Oh, that's <laughs> good. Go, go without your medic. That's an excellent idea. <laughs> I thought you were. Oh no, that's Patrick no. and Gavin that were doing the. Uh, yeah, he's heavy medic. He's, he's yeah, a we're... medic. You oh, with what? Um, maybe we should wait. <laughs> no, no, no. How, you, how you, you guys have made the right choice. 
Yeah, I was going to say, how much does the medic really help in Aliens? Mm, <laughs> really? This is also true. <laughs> uh, uh, I don't know then. <laughs> I'll have to think about that. But yeah, no, there's, there's not been any gaming. Body. Is this an extra body? Yeah. I, I will admit, I had an interesting conversation with my friend from Alberta yesterday. The burger? <sighs> sure. And um, somehow uh, I got convinced and actually agreed and decided to um, redo my subscription to World of Warcraft. <laughs> oh, Jesus. <laughs> yeah. I swore I'd never go back on that train. And I fell terrible yesterday. <laughs> was so, out and they well, pulled me back in. I, I ref I'll only do the classic. I refuse to go any farther than. Um... Would you know what the penguins, or the uh, the panda pandas? pandas? No, God, no. The, no. Actually, I'm the, not going any farther than. Um, I'm not going any farther than uh, Wrath of the Lich King, which they're mm -hmm. they've just announced it's going to be released for World of Warcraft Classic. That's what you say so, now. No, um, I hated everything that came after that. Uh, I've played oh. played some of it and. Uh, uh, I'm. I will stop at that point. Lord. And I'm not going to let it sort of take over my life, like it used to when I was well, playing. That's when you're, you're doing the ED right now, so it's taking over your life. Yes, but um, it's hard because my friend is he's a really hardcore gamer. Like he's like, oh, I will spend twelve hours just playing this game, and I'm like, you're nuts. But yeah. I told him I said this. If I do this, this is going to be super casual. Um, I will play when I've got time and when I feel like playing, not on somebody else's schedule. Mm -hmm. So I said, you'll be lucky if you get three, four hours a week out of me playing that game. And it would only be on the weekend, so I don't think I'd play it during the week. Unless I really felt like I wanted to. So, because that game, I remember that game wrecked my life <laughs> <laughs> when I was younger. And I just don't want a repeat of that. I don't need that that in my life right now. <laughs> but there were things I liked about it that I kind of wanted to do again. That's why I've picked it back up. But we'll see how well this goes. I don't know. <laughs> Good luck. Yes. Yeah, thanks. Great. Makes me feel wonderful. But, uh, yeah. It's pretty much all I can say for myself that I've been doing. Okay, well, why don't we move on then to Dwayne? Oh, I don't know. I haven't really been doing much. <laughs> <laughs> um, it's been an interesting couple of months, actually. Uh, let's see. On the role-playing side of things, uh, mostly Pathfinder. Um, we've gotten in a couple of sessions with Mr. Ramsahoy's campaign, mm -hmm. which has been going reasonably well, although... There have been times when it's been like, you know, the, the plot is out there somewhere. If we were a little more intelligent, we might be able to grab it, but... <laughs> I don't think I'm obfuscating the plot all that much. It's no, it's, 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 we're, we're being clueless, that's all. <laughs> you know? Um, there are there are times when uh, 
You guys may not know this, but there is an actual class in Pathfinder called the Investigator. Mm -hmm. Oh, yes, I think Gavin Gavin was playing one, yes. Yeah. I'd forgotten about that. Man, that was a long time ago. Mm -hmm. Um, Anyways, uh, there have been times I wish we had one. (laughs) 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 But um, what I love about the Investigator is the combat mechanic, which I find hilarious. Um, The best example of it I've seen... Uh, do you guys remember the Robert Downey Jr. Sherlock Holmes films? Sure. Mm-hmm. Yes. So, I think it's the second one. I think it's Game of Shadows, where Holmes is basically blowing off steam by getting involved in cage matches. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And there is a scene where he plans out the entire fight in his head. In slow motion. In slow motion, yeah. And I, I, I watched the documentary from the guy that actually filmed that. So oh, I just like the yeah. ending with Moriarty because they're both like the best part is when Mor- he's facing Moriarty. They're ba- both doing it. Yeah. So that's basically the investigator. Um, they have a mechanic where they can devise a stratagem, and it, you know, it is a d20 system so it involves rolling a d20 and so you do and you're allowed to substitute your intelligence modifier for what you would normally add to the attack roll usually like strength or dex and that is what you have to use for your next strike against that target but it means that if you roll poorly Oftentimes, you can decide to do something else. So, it's it's an interest it is it's an interesting way. It basically trying to model that whole planning out what you're going to do in advance. So, so yeah, there are times I wish we had an investigator because they are also fantastic skull monkeys and are very good at investigating things. Mm-hmm. So. Uh, have done a little bit of Pathfinder Society, uh, playing my uh, Dwarven Ranger, and he's been a lot of fun. He's been a lot of fun to play. So he's a two-weapon fighter, short sword and clan dagger, which is a thing in Pathfinder, and so despite the fact that. The dagger is the inferior weapon. He places more emphasis on it. Like, if he has to drop a weapon for some reason, he'll drop the short sword. You do not drop the clan dagger. <laughs> it's a sign of disrespect. So Makes sense. Yeah, so it's been, it's been a lot of fun to, you know, just the role-playing stuff and that. And they're also just fun to play. So, I've always liked the Ranger, and I think uh, the 2E Ranger is better put together than most. Uh, Certainly better put together than the 5th Edition Ranger, which has some major problems, in my opinion. Um, So, yeah. So, that's been it as far as, you know, RPGs and stuff. Video games, eh. 
basically nothing except uh, Magic Arena, which has been fun. They've got a uh, Japanese-inspired set going on right now. So lots of combination of uh, mechanical stuff and spirit stuff. So they're trying, they're trying to take all the Japanese tropes that they can possibly cram into one thing and do that. But it's been reading that's been the major, the major thing. As was reported on our Facebook page, and thank you very much for that, guys. DC Universe Infinite has finally launched internationally. Yay! It's only been, what, two and years? So, um, a little of almost a year and a half. Um, it uh, They switched over from DC Universe, which was the streaming service, January of 2021. And it was, uh, I think, late March 2022 that uh, they finally launched it in Canada. So about a year and three months, something like that, after originally saying that they were going to launch it in the summertime. So uh, it's good. It's good. And, you know, can't argue value for money. Uh, especially not with the introductory rate that they were offering. So, and it's been a lot of fun because when I started reading comics as a kid, I didn't have regular access to the comics. It's not like there was a comic book shop anywhere nearby. I don't think even, I don't even think Sydney had comic book shops back in the 1980s. The closest ones were Halifax. And, you know, that at the time was about a four and a half hour drive away. We didn't go to Halifax a lot. We went sometimes, you know, relatives up there and everything, but, uh, you know, certainly not enough to be buying comics from a comic book shop. So I got most of my comics through our convenience store, which basically had remaindered comics <laughs> stuff stuff that the shops had returned and they sold you know quite cheap and that but if you had you know three issues in a row of the same book that was remarkable <laughs> you know you could it was uh you know like forrest gump's box of chocolates you never knew what you're going to get um mm -hmm. And that, so when I started reading comics back in the early 80s and that, I actually ended up subscribing through Marvel. Uh, I don't remember whether it was that DC didn't do subscriptions, although I doubt that, or whether I just wasn't interested enough in any DC books to subscribe. But I mostly had all these gaps in the DC books that I'd read and DC Universe Infinite has a surprising amount of 1980s DC content. Oh, so and now that, you can so, finally catch up. Yeah, so there's there's some that I can catch up on. But 
there are some very frustrating holes in this thing. Uh, one of the books that I really enjoyed was uh, a book called Sword of the Autumn. Basically, they took the Atom, um, DC's size-changing superhero, and he hadn't been done with much at the time. So they broke up his marriage, stranded him in the jungle at six inches in height, where he came across an alien civilization of the same size that after crash landing ages back had slowly reverted back to barbarism. And so you have the Atom and what's basically a sword and sandals epic, although <laughs> set, set in the jungle. Interesting. And it worked. It was a good story. And at the end of it, he ends up returned to his normal size unwillingly and loses them in the vast tracts of the Amazon, yada yada. So all of that is on Disney, sorry, all of that is in DC Universe Infinite. Except that they put out a few specials that continued the story. Those specials are not on DC Universe Infinite. So it's like you have the end of the story with Ray Palmer swearing to find this lost alien tribe, including the woman he's fallen in love with, and that's it. And then they have Power of the Atom, which is where they ended all of this using a sword in the jungle nonsense and brought him back to the normal DC universe full time. So you have the start of it, and you have the end of it where they bring them back into a more conventional direction, and you don't have the in-between stuff right. <laughs> at all, which is frustrating. And that mm -hmm. um, they have some Elseworld stuff, but not all of it. Uh, one of the, actually, I'll get I'll get to that later. Um, you know, they have a bunch of Vertigo stuff, but no Sandman. Which I can kind of understand because the agreements they have with Neil Gaiman are a bit unorthodox. And so it may be that in order to have Sandman on a service like DC Universe Infinite, they'd have to pay Gaiman royalties all the time. Mm -hmm. I'm not sure on that. But it's the most likely explanation I can think of that it's not there. But I was hoping to read, like, Sandman Mystery Theater. It's not there. And I just thought of something. It may be because of the sex. Uh, Wesley Dodds, the Golden Age Sandman, in Sandman Mystery Theater, uh, was portrayed as being in a steady relationship with a lady named Diane. And since it was Vertigo, they were... somewhat casual about nudity and they certainly implied sex they didn't i don't believe they ever actually showed it but you know they certainly had a number of scenes of the two of them uh 
sitting up in bed after something had obviously occurred. So maybe that's why they don't have it on there. I don't know. But they have a lot of Swamp Thing, and they have a lot of John Constantine, and so they have a lot of different Vertigo stuff there. And also, uh, fair warning to anyone out there who's listening to me and considering picking up DC Universe Infinite, the search function sucks. <laughs> That's always been a uh, an issue with all of these kind of streaming, not streaming services, but like... Um, um... Yeah, but it's, it's dumb. I mean, mm. like, if you go into the search and you plug in Justice League, you get a whole bunch of different Justice League titles. You do not get, uh, you know, the 1970s, 1980s, pre-crisis Justice League. It doesn't come up in the search. If you go into the section where you can look at all the series in alphabetical order, it's there. And it's clearly called Justice League of America. So you would think that searching Justice League would bring it up, but it doesn't. The books are all there, though, and they are kind of fun to read. And that. Um, so it's decent. I think it could be better uh, for what it's paying or what I'm paying for it. It is fantastic. I mean, I think I'm paying 60 bucks plus tax a year for it. You know, you can't buy, I don't think you could buy a DC comic a month for that amount. So I'm happy with it. And it's all been good. Uh, on the Marvel side of things, I just hit October 2014. And it's an interesting month to be in because I just read the first issue of The Mighty Thor. Um... Uh, which ties directly into the upcoming Thor Love and Thunder movie. So, decent first issue. Uh, looking forward to the rest of it. And that. In books, I'm slowly making my way through Peace Talks, Dresden Files, which I think I was slowly making my way the last time we talked. I've actually. Uh, gone whole weeks without picking it up again. It is a good book. I just get distracted. Uh, on the movie side of things, I finally saw Spider-Man No Way Home. Mm -hmm. Oh, so good. That was a fantastic film. Fantastic. Uh, enjoyed everything about it. And that, uh, can I talk a little bit spoilers because nope, it no left theaters no just recently after months and months and months Absolutely of being there. Not. I'm sure there are still people who have not seen it yet. I would think that anybody who hasn't seen it yet really doesn't have a whole lot of interest in seeing it. Yeah, that's what I'd think as well. <laughs> I have an interest in seeing it and I haven't yet. Okay. For Paul's sake. Well, it's, 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 it's okay, because my, my migraine's killing me, so I was actually going to yeah. bow out, so. Yeah, I haven't seen it yet either. <laughs> I'm waiting for it to show yeah. up on Disney+, Plus, where I don't have to, pay, where I'm already paying. And I can it, it won't. <laughs> it won't. Why won't um, because, uh, because. Oh, is it because it's, it's like. A Sony, this, it's Sony a Sony thing, film. Yeah. And so, Sony has traditionally made streaming deals elsewhere. 
Yeah, no, probably neither, show up on Netflix. Yeah, neither Homecoming nor uh, Far From Home are on Disney Plus. They are elsewhere. I think. Yeah, I think Netflix currently. Oh, that's um, I'll wait for it to show up on there then. Yeah. So, uh, but no. It it was impressive the way they brought in everything. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That could have been a recipe for disaster. You try to do too much in one Spider-Man film and you end up with Spider-Man 3. Yeah. But that well, didn't happen this time. Well, I watched the second Venom movie and they tied in the, the, the new Spider-Man movie at the very end of it. Yeah, I heard about that. Which I thought, which I thought was kind of interesting. I was like, "Geez, all right." They're even trying to, they're even trying to pull this into the franchise now. Well, there's there's a Venom tie-over in in at the end of um. uh, This might be a spoiler. If you if you stay to the very end of the credits, there's there's uh, you actually have a little scene with Venom at the end of the Spider-Man movie. Yep. Well, yeah, there's a whole scene at the end of. uh, yeah, so that that possibly That's... is a spoiler, but I, I know a lot of people don't bother with staying all the way to the end and just watch it online afterwards anyway. So, um... oh. anyway, I'm gonna but, head off, uh, fellas. Can't hear you okay. on without me. Uh, help your migraines better, Paul. Jen's been having a lot of migraines lately, so I feel yeah. your pain, man. All right, thanks, guys. We'll see Take you. Take care. So, yeah. So the big thing for me um, is I got rid of most of my comics today. Yeah, I saw that on Facebook there. Yep. So uh, we had a bit of a flood in my place a couple months ago. And I had all of my lawn boxes stacked, you know, like four high in uh, a closet in the room which was most affected by the flood so uh i had to get those four boxes out i was worried about mold i finally got around to it today and since i had to clear out the closet i just cleared out the rest of them so uh put them out front by the dumpster and the last time I went to check on it there were four um, Dark Horse Angel comics three role-playing game books and three Lombox loads left out of the 10 plus long boxes of comics that were out there so my neighborhood came through <laughs> I gotta say. So, uh, the main thing was that, you know, I read probably more comics than I ever have lately. It's just that I'm reading them all online. You know, I mean, I finished the week of October 1st on Marvel Unlimited last night. That was 12 books. Mm -hmm. I think I did that in two days. That so it's it's easy to read a ton, and it's easy to look up stuff, and I don't have to dig through long boxes. And mm-hmm. that, 
and you know and they keep adding new stuff i was really kind of happy there was back in the 80s a moon knight series called fist of khonshu where they gave him powers linked to the moon strength to be exact linked to the moon and fitted him up with some egyptian seeming weaponry and that and introduced these priests that would enhance endurance and stuff yeah I yeah, think that I think would I give... randomly picked up an, ep- an issue of that when I was picking up um, uh, comics, random comics from the like the cheap bin at one of my local game stores. Yep. So I really enjoyed it, but it wasn't on Marvel Unlimited until about a week before Moon Knight dropped. Mm-hmm. And that, so it's like I'm going, ah, cool. They finally put Fist of Kanchu on here, and so I sat down and I read all six issues. You know, inside of like, I don't know, maybe half an hour. And I can do that with these services. It's great. But I got to admit, like I had to toss out all the ones that were water damaged because I was worried about mold. I didn't want people taking them into their homes if there was mold in there that I might not necessarily see, you know? Mm -hmm. So my... uh, there's like four long boxes worth of comic books currently in my recycling bin. Like we have we have a big paper recycling bin for the this for this section of my condo corp. And there's an awful lot of comic books in there right now. And some of the ones that I had to toss aren't on any of the services. Mm-hmm. Like uh, I went looking because one of the things I really like when I was younger was uh, the Justice Society. The Earth 2 superheroes and stuff. And they did a series where they just brought them back. They had been stuck. They had been stuck in limbo in an excellent uh, special called The Last Days of the Justice Society. They basically got stuck in a time loop fighting Ragnarok so that the Earth wouldn't actually get destroyed. Um, and that actually made an appearance in Sandman, by the way. Someone offered up this little pocket Ragnarok that had been done as a simulation, and that was what the Justice Society were, <laughs> were fighting in. And that I think Odin offered it up to Dream, if I remember right. But... Uh, they eventually busted the Justice Society out and they had a new series with them adjusting to being back and in the world and being, you know, elder statesmen. It was by a guy named Len Straszewski and some fantastic art by a guy named Mike Parabek. Only lasted 10 issues. Wasn't terribly successful. It's not on DC Universe Infinite. It was amongst the ones that were severely damaged and I had to toss out. So that kind of hurt. Mm-hmm. And that. Um, I had to toss out uh, my copy of Power Man number 35, which is notable because it's the first meeting between Luke Cage and Danny Rand. Now, fortunately, that one is on 
uh, Marvel Unlimited. But uh, you know, I, I, I like I like doting it. Uh, art by John Byrne, and the introduction is fantastic because you have Luke leaning over an unconscious Misty Knight because he's been blackmailed into doing things he doesn't want to do. And in the darkness, you start seeing parts of Iron Fist appear. Mm. And in the last panel in that sequence, you see the fist starting to glow as he says, uh, Mr. Cage, please turn around. And the next the whole page is a giant John Byrne splash panel of Luke getting smashed through a building. <laughs> it's fantastic stuff. I found it in like a quarter bin somewhere and I was, I was happy to own it, but it had to go. But I did keep a lot of things. Um, I kept all my alpha flights. Yeah, we figured that. <laughs> um, I kept... I have pretty much the entire Impact line of comic books. Um, Archie Comics owns a line of superheroes that they've tried to do various things with over the past X number of decades. And they've licensed them to DC not once, but twice. And the first time, DC built a line around them based at younger readers. They called it Impact uh, with an exclamation mark. And there was some really good creative teams. Um, Mike Parabek, actually, the guy I liked from JSA, he was on The Fly, for example, and that. And I managed to get all of them over the years. And they have not been reprinted anywhere. And likely they never will be reprinted anywhere. <laughs> because it was one comic book company licensing their characters to another comic book company. So, uh, so yeah, so I kept those. I kept JLA Avengers. The Punisher version? When the Punisher... Pardon? Do you have the one where Punisher comes into Archie Comics? Those are high, other high yes, school? but it was it was amongst the damaged ones. Oh, no. I, I had to toss it. That was a shame. Because, oh my god, that is a funny book. <laughs> it, is, it is a combination that should not work. Period. I mean, come on. The Punisher and Archie, yes, and yes. Archie Andrews. You know, like, this combination should not work. And they made it work. And, oh my god, it was funny. Uh, if, you, if you guys ever get a chance to read it, I recommend it, because it's, it's a great laugh. Um, so, yeah. Lost a bunch of stuff. Um, tossed out all my Black Panthers except one because uh, there is a single issue of Black Panther where I have a thank you credit in the credits page okay. so kept that one still what hoping did, to get it in what were you thanked for? okay um so, that particular Black Panther run, which, in my opinion, was the biggest influence on the Black Panther movie, was written by a guy who uh, renamed himself Christopher J. Priest a while back. He used to, 
His original name was Jim Owsley. He changed it to Priest. And Priest was active on Usenet, on the message boards and that. And he was online and he wanted to use Wolverine in a storyline he was putting together, uh, Enemy, Enemy of the State Part 2. But he wanted a way to persuade Wolverine to not just go in claws flashing and, you know, go, go the whole uh, bull in a china shop thing. So someone suggested Alpha Flight, but Priest didn't know Alpha Flight at all. And so a friend of mine, a guy named Dwight Williams, who is one of the other two people thanked in that little credits box, um, put him in touch with me. And we basically spitballed reasons why the Panther would involve Alpha Flight in this convoluted scheme of his. Because the way Priest wrote Panther uh, was the way that a lot of folks will write Batman. He's always got a plan. And that plan is usually about three steps ahead of whatever the heck you've come up with. So we shot emails back and forth for, I don't know, three, four days. I no longer have them. I'm not sure what happened there, but I no longer have them. And that. And to be fair, not a lot of what we came up with made it into the actual books. But to my complete surprise, when I think, if I remember right, it's uh, part three of the storyline comes out, in the big splash page with, with the credits, there's this little box, special thanks to Balamanon, Dwight Williams, and Dwayne McKinnon. So, my biggest, my biggest amount of geek cred, I have been credited in a Marvel comic book. That is very cool. Yeah, yeah and very gracious. I mean, Priest didn't have to do that. Mm -hmm. You know, I mean, like we were just a, we were just a few fans. Um, Bala got involved because he was uh, the reigning Usenet expert on Iron Man at the time. And Tony Stark was in that storyline as well. You know, so we were just fans, you know, shooting back and forth with, of all things, the guy writing the book. That was unexpected. Mm -hmm. So I had to keep that book. Yes. Because, you know, I still have hopes to one day go to a convention and get priests to sign it. So, yeah. And JLA Avengers is just one of those things that uh, it just got reprinted, but for the saddest of possible reasons. I think I may have mentioned uh, George Perez um, has been diagnosed with terminal cancer. Mm -hmm. And that's so 
uh, DC and Marvel agreed to a limited print run of JLA Avengers, which, you know, I think anybody out there would consider um, it to be Perez's, like, magnum opus, like mm. his masterpiece. And so they are, they've reprinted 7,000 copies, and it's all going to charity. Because Perez is very big on his charitable causes. But, uh, you know, it's, it's never going to be on the either Marvel Unlimited or DC Universe Infinite. You know, that's never happening. That uh, Warners and Disney played nice enough to reprint it for this is amazing, in my opinion. So, yeah, so I kept that. But uh, there's still some stuff i got to get rid of. There's stuff that's lying around the house. Um, Jen gave me an old-fashioned comics rack that hangs in the room. And it's actually full of comics that I don't necessarily want to keep. Mm -hmm. So i got to clear those out. haven't done it yet. But, yeah. So kind of a big day that way. Mm -hmm. Anyways... I've rambled on enough. I've taken up a lot of time. Let's hear from the next person. Okay. Uh, I'm going to go next because I have a bunch of stuff to talk about as well. And then we'll let uh, the two Pats kind of finish everything off. Okay. So I'm going to start with movies. Oh, I will. Yeah, I see. Yeah, okay. That's what it is. That's what it is. Yeah, exactly. Uh, I'm going to start with movies. Um, I went and saw the new Batman movie in theaters, and it is amazing. Um, it actually might be my favorite Batman since um, the first one, since uh, Keaton. I was really concerned about I, Patterson as I really want. I really want to see the Batman. See it. It's good. I really, I really need to get out to see it. I, I highly recommend seeing it, and it's good to see it in theaters too. It's got a pretty cool storyline. Um, uh, they have a the the villain. It's a slightly different take on. I don't know if it's a spoiler to say it's the Riddler, but it's the Riddler. Uh, the Riddler. Yeah, oh. but but the the take is slightly different. Um, I, I liked it. I, I really, really enjoyed the movie. Um, I preferred this version of Batman to any of the Nolan Batmans, mainly because this is a Batman who's actually a detective and who actually does detective things. Like, he investigates crime scenes. Um, he's actually mm -hmm. invited by um, uh, Gordon to to take part in the investigation as some pretty important people are getting murdered in the city. And... Um, and and he actually you know finds clues and and does investigations basically. So um, I really really enjoyed it. Uh, another movie Which I saw. Does Batman do that uh, in every Batman comic. That's a good one. <laughs> I know. <laughs> uh, going to movie other movies. Um, I saw a movie on Amazon called All the Old Knives, which is like a, a Cold War era spy thriller almost, but it's it. It's really about um, a guy going back and investigating a, a, a betrayal that happened in the past to him and his group. Uh, it's, it's all CIA stuff. Um, that was pretty good. It's got um, uh, Captain Kirk, one of the Chris's. Chris, Chris Pine? Pine, Pine, Pine. Yeah, Chris Pine uh, as the main character and uh, really good. I very much enjoyed that. 
Um, and then I watched another uh, disaster movie because Jennifer loves disaster era movies for some reason called Moonfall. That's one of the hey, Bruce bro, Willis. Oh, I heard <laughs> it is something. <laughs> Let's just say it's something. Sorry, sorry. Is it one of those ones that's so bad it's good? Like it's so bad. You uh, I mean, I it was. I guess it was enjoyable, but it's it's not good. Sorry, it's it's actually not the Bruce Willis one. There actually is a Bruce Willis movie I watched as well, which I'm drawing a blank on and can't find. This one actually is about. Well, um, it's a little hard because he's had 22 in the last couple of years. So. Yeah, but apparently he's quitting because of some uh, mental illness that, that was. Well, no, it's a, it's a disease, isn't it? A disease. Yeah. Yeah. He's. Yeah, basically, uh, it's severe. It's a neurological disorder. It severely impacts your ability to communicate. Mm -hmm. So, so he's basically retiring yeah. from acting. Yep. Aphasia. There it is. Aphasia. A p h a s i a. Aphasia. Aphasia. That's it. So yeah. So there, there actually is a Bruce Willis movie on the list as well, but I'm, I'm not. Cosmic Sin. Maybe it might be Cosmic Sin actually. That's a bad one. That yeah, I started watching it and couldn't finish it. Anyway, going to uh, on to TV shows, sticking with Amazon, I finally watched all of Stargirl. I think there's two seasons that we watched, and those were great. Mm -hmm. uh, I think I, I think I liked the first season better than the second, but the second one was still pretty good. Um, I haven't seen the second season yet, but I I want to. It's one it's decent. Um, I saw a a movie or sorry a TV show. Uh, this is all on Amazon. We've basically been watching a lot of Amazon the past uh, couple of months, really, uh, called The Outlaws. Um, it's it's a group of people who are forced to do community service, and um, hijinks ensue. That, that was pretty enjoyable. We got tricked into watching the first three episodes of a new show called The Outer Range on Amazon, uh, not realizing that it wasn't the full series that dropped and they they only dropped the first three episodes and then they're doing weekly releases again so after watching the first three episodes now we're basically waiting for the whole run to finish before we go back to it but that one's kind of mm. cool it's uh it starts off with just like a, a, a family on a colorado farm who's been farming for generations and then shit just gets super weird <laughs> it, it looks like it's going to be very cool um I'm not going to give away anything about what's happening, but they're they're in a bit of a land dispute with their neighbors over who owns what part of the the property and where the property line should be divided. Uh, the the neighboring people are um, like mega wealthy, basically, <laughs> uh, and so they've they've got politicians in their pockets, they've got judges in their pockets, and they're and they're basically falsifying claims that part of the other ranch. Is actually should actually belong to them so they're they're trying to deal with that while at the same time some weird supernatural stuff starts to happen so that's pretty cool outer range and then i watched started watching an australian show called wolf like me um you might be able to tell from the name what it might be about but it's about this uh, this kind of guess? yeah ghouls yes ghouls yep but it's <laughs> it's basically this um kind of doofy-looking dude who's a single parent with a, like, super depressed child who's trying to deal with the trauma of losing his wife, um, accidentally run, or gets run, gets run into by this woman, 
uh, who's actually played by the crazy girl from um, Wedding Crashers, Ilsa something or other. She's very cute and bubbly. Uh, and so they immediately have this like connection. Uh, but she, she runs away every time they, they start interacting. And, uh, and so she becomes like an, an interesting part of their lives and she has a secret. And by the end of the third episode, you find out what the secret is. And it's, I'm not finished that one yet, but uh, it's, it's like a cutesy rom-com while at the same time being a weird creature flick. <laughs> uh, yeah, that, that was pretty enjoyable. Um, what else? What else am I watching? Oh, oh my God! There's a a very funny yet dark show also on Amazon called Kevin Can Fuck Himself. All right, they they just use the letter F, and they always like yeah. blur out the, the 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 word. It's the weirdest show because part of it is sitcom, so it's 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 filmed as a sitcom. There's a laugh track. There's like an audience. It's anytime he's he she's with her husband or anytime the husband and the husband's friends are together and, and they're on screen, it's a sitcom. And the second she's left on her own, uh, everything turns like super dark and cold and like the entire uh, look and feel of the show changes. And it's it's her basically trying to um, deal with her husband and and she's fed up with him and and he's super selfish and and he has all these plans it takes place in boston so everyone's like uh has like a fun, funky boston accents it's uh it's an interesting interesting show and it is like super dark especially for being a show where half of it or a, a portion of it is a light airy sitcom with laugh tracks yeah. like it's it's such okay. a weird weird mix of uh, of genres that, I mean, that it's keeping yeah, me interested cool. and the last thing i want to talk about is um the diabolical animated shorts that uh, that kind of is the the season tie-in oh, tie between the, uh, between seasons two and three of the boys uh, i don't even know if it's really a tie it's just kind of tied you over until the next episode the next season drops um i i started watching the first episode and immediately gave up and then a couple of weeks later, I went, well, let me give this another shot. Because, I mean, I, I I didn't like the the style of the first episode. Uh, I didn't like the... the, well, it's, got, the it's got different animation throughout the It does, one, yeah. Right? So so every episode yeah. is, is done slightly differently. Um, there's a different storyline. It's it's not a collective um, season of anything. It's just a, a series of shorts, basically. And some of them are good. Some of them are garbage, but whatever. Uh, so I'm, I'm making my way the, through. I uh, the laser eyes in there. <laughs> the baby with the laser eyes was pretty cool. <laughs> uh, so that's really about it for um, shows and so forth. For video games, uh, like Paul said, we're doing a ton of Elite Dangerous. That's what I spend the majority of my time on. But um, I did pick up on a Steam sale this uh, this cute little game called Core Keeper. It's kind of like Valheim in that it's a kind of survival game where you go out and and uh, gather ingredients and stuff and make things and build a base and and explore. So that's pretty cool. But it's it's done in a uh, like a, almost like a chibi animation style. It's not terrible. Yeah. It's it's enjoyable. It kind of fills that that Valheim hole that uh, that I've been missing since we haven't done Valheim in a long time. Um, I also picked up a very cool game called D Detroit Become Human. Uh, this is it's it's kind of a mix between visual novel and um, and gameplay. Um, so you there it's it 
you're, you live in a world uh, in, in Detroit where androids have become commonplace and they, and they, like that you can go to an Android store and buy Android. So there's a, co a company that creates these Androids. And this is actually the storyline of three different Androids who's over the course of the entire um, uh, game, their, their lives kind of interconnect, but it's, it's each episode or each, each um, section is about one particular Android. So the, the, the first one, it starts off with a investigator Android who has, um, been sent or been uh, attached to a detective unit to help investigate um, androids who are going crazy. So there, there's there's something happening in their programming, and they go rogue. Basically, they um, they somehow overcome their programming, and there's there's a glitch in the in their in their programming that uh, allows them to basically overwrite or over um, override their their safety protocols, and they can just now do whatever the fuck they want. So you're you're partially partly you're doing an investigation, and then there's another s section where it's a like a personal android who's um, uh, bought by a single father with a child, and the father is like an abusive alcoholic, and you have to basically decide whether you're you're going to overcome your programming to help save this child, and then once that happens, oh. you then go on the run and you become one of these deviant androids that is now being chased down by the investigator and there's a third one who's a um uh like a personal um, body like a, a batman basically for a uh, wealthy artist and who helps him you know gather materials for him who gets his canvas ready for him whatever, whatever. the guy's in a wheelchair yeah. so he needs to be taken care of and so something happens and he has to break his programming and he also goes then goes on the run so it's these these three different androids lives get interconnected over the course of the the game i'm not finished it yet and the neat thing about it is once you complete one one session of um of storyline it shows you mm -hmm. the entire um not, not timeline but it shows you the um, the, all the different different options or selections that could have happened, most of them are grayed out, and only the ones you've selected are are displayed. So you can see kind of where you could have gone wrong, where you could have got done things a little differently, and and see how the storyline would branch out in different ways. So then you can go back and replay it, and maybe come up with a different outcome. Uh, but the the recommendation is to go through the storyline all the way through at least once before you go back and start replaying individual scenes to try to get different outcomes it's a very very cool game um and beautifully done um you all of your choices have lasting consequences c because it's a single player game and they can do that yeah that's probably it for video games for role-playing games my thursday night games were going well the um the viking campaign was is still ongoing, but it's kind of come to a halt at the moment. As one of our members, he's a active member in the U.S. military, and in the Navy specifically, and he just got posted to an aircraft carrier in in the Mediterranean. So he's uh, he's gone. Not available. He's unavailable. He is he is currently unavailable. Although um, he is go hopefully going to be able to take part in our trivia contest because he was one of the uh, the people signed up for it. Um, so okay. and and because he's on board a carrier and like he actually has access to communication, um, it's mm -hmm. it's not as bad as if if he were like a, a soldier on the ground in the field somewhere where he would have no access to internet. So or Canadian Navy, 
No, Canadian Navy is fine, but they they wouldn't be there, they right? They don't have the network internet connections, right? Like that's just it. Like Canadian Navy doesn't have those connections either. U.S. does. Oh, I guess that's a good point. Um, yeah, well, I guess when you're at sea in the Canadian Navy, you probably don't have access to anything. Whereas it, on it an aircraft carrier, satellites, right? Yeah, yeah we have the satellites. It's like. <laughs> All right, so that's probably it for everything I want to talk about. Um, let's go on to Pat. Which one? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> uh, let's do Brain. All right. Uh, well, I've been, unfortunately, pretty busy with the schoolwork, taking two university courses and stuff like that. So I haven't watched Use as much excuses. as much as I'd like to. Um, I did watch Black Friday. Of course I did, because it's, you know, Bruce Campbell. I haven't even Stuck heard about this. A... What is this? Okay, so it's um, he's a manager at a so it's not a Walmart, but you know it's a, it's a Walmart, mm-hmm. and it's they're getting ready for Black Friday, and something happens which turns people into sort of zombies, but they're not really zombies, but you know close enough, and it's yeah, inside a small well you know Walmart, so it's survival, but it's with Bruce Campbell. Does he have his boomstick? No, he doesn't have his boomstick. He's an old old guy who loves his job. <laughs> and it's, it's just so funny because, it, I mean, it's, it's basically the same thing of, like, you know, people just want to shop and do anything. And that, and it's just, it's interesting to watch of the, some of the different people. Like, there's the the guy who's, you know, in his 40s trying to pretend he's the cool, the cool guy. <laughs> okay. Like, Dude, you're, you're, you know, you, we know you don't want to be here. You got fired from your job, but, you know, you're not the cool guy anymore. You know, and the young kid who's has no idea what's going on, and the older guy who's like, "Here, this is how you cheat the system." <laughs> you know, and and stuff like, "Hey, yeah, you're not going to be paid time and a half like we told you. Sorry." <laughs> what? So there's all this other stuff going on besides just the creatures trying to come in and and uh, eat people. Um. I did also watch, started watching one called Skinwalker. Uh, it's basically a Western where, you know, something comes back to life and starts wearing people's skins. I haven't got a chance to finish that yet, but I started going. It's it's obviously a B-quality movie, so not as good. Uh, did anyone watch the Wu Assassin? I, I, I saw Wu Assassin years ago when it first came out. Well, okay, because it's and... the TV series. Yeah, the, series the, the on TV Netflix. series, yeah, on Netflix. Great. There's also the movie on that. So what's funny, I started watching the movie first, and I'm like, oh, okay, what is this? Then I realized, oh, oops, let's finish watching season one of the Assassins because the movie takes place technically after the, the series. I actually liked the Wu Assassin, the, 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 the TV series. It was interesting. One of them. You know, um, I have watched all four shows of Moon Knight. Yeah, I'm not Which, even going to start until it's uh, it's all ready. I can't. I don't, I don't have time to binge at the moment, so it's sort of like watch here and there throughout the week. I like mm-hmm. it. I like the um, the disassociative disassociative disorder they show with the them. disorder. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's and I, it's good stuff. It it is. Uh, so I don't want to give any spoilers away, but I, I think uh, Oscar Isaac does a great job of. Mm-hmm. Switching between the different personalities he has, if you will, mm-hmm. and 
I want to. I do want to watch Batman Dev, but I haven't. It's on my list. Mm. I want, also want to see Green Knight, which is now on. Uh, it's, it's on Crave. That kind of surprised oh, me. It's also available oh, on Prime, I believe. It, I no, think Batman's, it's available on Prime for for pay. No, the, it is. Oh, Green, Green Knight, on, not Batman. Green Knight. No, it's yeah. on. It's on free on Prime. Oh, is it really? Yeah. 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 Batman's available for pay. But Batman's on not available on Crave for free. No. No, Batman it's available is available on, uh, on Crave available for on free for pay. No, it's it's on Cra on Crave, Patrick, for free. Yeah. Yes, but I was just Batman. Yes. Yeah. I was yeah, just a little not surprised. Everybody has Crave. Yeah. I was just a little surprised that it's on Crave. Well, I also picked up, unfortunately, yeah. the new Pandemic. AMC platform as well because there's a Western there that I want. Of course, you know, mean Westerns. I'm like, oh, that mm -hmm. looks like a cool Western. But I'm gonna have to stop. You know, it's like, it's seven dollars a month, and it's just crazy. Like, really? Mm-hmm. There's a Walking Dead universe, though. Yay. <laughs> <laughs> um. But I, other than that, the only thing I really watch on Crave is the John Oliver show. That's it. Um. As so, that's most of the movies really that I've watched. Um. Besides the LD. Well, Escape from New York and all that with on the Saturday nights um, mm -hmm. slash Gordon. The other gaming that I've been doing, well, I'm still doing the the Paladin game, which hasn't been for a while because people not able to, but we're playing tomorrow. <laughs> of we're course, playing of course we're playing tomorrow because I have a football game tomorrow. Of course. Um, <laughs> that is too funny. And uh, doing... Uh, a Viking game called Dig Drazel, uh, where I'm it, it's a much more brutal system, even than Pendragon Dev. Okay, like you can go down so easy. It's but they do berserks really well because I'm playing a berserker. Mm -hmm. But berserkers are those wind up toys, they go really fast for a while, and then it's a collapse because <laughs> you're like, Yeah, I'm, I'm done. Or as the party found out, if I kill everything before. And there's a party member next to me. They better hope to talk me off the ledge. <laughs> so we have they have done the quotes like, "Ooh, the sun's going down, there, big guy. Sun's getting pretty low." <laughs> and then I fail the roll, and I almost killed Bruce in one shot. Nice. Once. So he's learned to. Oh, it's a combat. I'm gonna go over here. <laughs> <laughs> Where's Berserker? I'm going over there. I'm making sure I'm not getting near. Unavailable. <laughs> exactly. It's like no, no. I'm not standing next to that guy. Um, so I'm having fun with that guy playing the, just a complete, he's a young 18 year old who thinks he's the best because, you know, 18 year old berserker. Of course I am. He has no clue. Social etiquette goes right over him. I'm playing him a bit like Drax. It okay. goes over his head. No, it can't go over my head. I'm really tall. <laughs> I would jump up and catch it. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then, um, I started running, uh, Riss but the Savage World Edition. Mm -hmm. um, and again, it's so much better. It's so much better meshed for all the different types of classes, Dev. Because um, you can play a Vagabond. I mean, okay, you still won't be able to stand up against a dragon, but most things can't. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But you're not a complete Gumby. You actually have, you know, you can stand up in fights against other things, which is nice to see. That doesn't sound like fun. I want my scholar to really be just absolutely useless. 
well, because with Savage Worlds, you get edges and stuff like that, they can help yeah. you out. And as the, um, Vagab- you know, as the Scholar or the Vagabond or whatever, you get extra advances just to start because otherwise you're incompetent. Mm-hmm. So they give you extra stuff to, here, this will balance out a little bit. No, I mean, eminently, they still can't tech up to stand up to a killer boy in combat. Yeah, but again, Killer Boy is direct against her, but, you know. <laughs> That's always my uh, go-to when I'm talking about uh, d- disparity in power levels. Like when you're talking <laughs> yeah. about literally a walking power suit of armor with a giant mega cannon on it, and they there is to, a little guy with a, to, like nine millimeter pistol. The gun's so big they have to anchor themselves. Yeah, to the before ground. they can fire. Shoot it. <laughs> like it takes a full round to set up <laughs> before you can actually fire. It. Like, yeah, they're walking around with an artillery, a huge artillery piece. So it's like, yeah, oh, let yep. me let me crank myself, set it up. Okay. Now <laughs> oh, and also it's impervious to most, uh, you know, small arms fire. Yes. Good, yeah, good, luck, with, a... good luck with that flak vest you're wearing. <laughs> <laughs> and and then there's the I'm I'm a little vagabond. Yeah. I've got a piece of armor and a laser gun. Pew yeah. pew. Pew. Exactly. <laughs> oh, what's and, that? Uh, no, Your glitter it... boy armor is so shiny my laser literally does zero damage to you. Oh, good. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. And uh but you know, like I said, we're having fun with it. Um Bruce is playing a necromancer. Nice. Um, Eric is playing a. It's sort of like a psychic, but he he does electricity. So he can't he can't wear any cybernetics, but he's good against any robots. Like, hey, look, I can I can fry you internally. Nice. And then uh, Felicia is playing a dragon hatchling who's three months old, because dragon hatchlings are is a hatchling. Mm-hmm. What's the world? So she it's, she's playing it pretty well because like there's a fight like, can I eat this one? <laughs> Uh, it's a robot. No, it's not going to be good. Oh, okay. Can I eat this one? Sure, go ahead. So she's basically <laughs> Baby Yoda. Baby Yoda, yeah, exactly. And, um, so, because I haven't run it for a long, you know, in, even though I've run the Western Savage Worlds, Deadlands, it's a whole different from Rails, right? Sure. So I'm like, okay, here's these here's these villains. These should be tough for them to take out. You know, I don't want, I don't want them too hard for the first one. In comes a dragon, and it's like, that one's dead. Okay, that other guy wants well, dead. Okay, so you just three of them. Um, well, it was a, a lot easier than I thought it would be with you guys. <laughs> but again, there there is still an issue, like you said, though, Dev, between so there's a dragon hatch lane and uh, Alec is playing a gunslinger. Right. So if I put something against that could kill the dragon, you know, hurt the dragon, it's going to kill the gunslinger pretty much in one shot. Sure. That, that's that's uh, so, always been a problem with Rift's power levels. It has mm-hmm. been, yeah. It's, it's the, how do I keep the, how do I give something for the tough guy a challenge, but is it going to squish the little guy in one shot? So like I said, though, I'm still enjoying it. Mm-hmm. Uh, Deadlands is on the Hades right now. Um, I just got, ran out a little bit of a steam for Deadlands, so taking a break for the uh, the summer and that. Planning Aliens the first week, uh, weekend in July, or sorry, weekend in May, which will be nice. And uh, reading, I have been reading. Uh, oh, sorry, also Marvel RPG, a couple of sessions. Um, it's the it's, but we're we're still basing it in the eighties, so it's like, oh crap, that's right, no cell phones really back then, except for the huge honking ones. So, what version of Marvel are you using? The face uh, rip, or the, is it different? Face rip, okay, face nice. rip, classic. Classic. Mm-hmm. Well, it's also like, I mean, people are like, oh, it doesn't have too many rules. Like, no, because 
you're just supposed to go with it, right? Mm-hmm. It's like, uh, what what happens if I try this? You get a couple column shifts. Sure, why not? Or it's harder to do this. Take a column shift. And that's it. You just you don't worry about it. You just go with. It. It's like move along, and you can't kill anybody in Marvel, right? It's that's the point. You're not supposed to be able to kill people. And it's, um, they're playing. They actually playing Marvel characters, not their own. Uh, Moon okay. Knight, Nightcrawler, and Black Widow. So we're on the same power level. Nice. Of course, it's like okay, so one from Avengers, one from X Men, and a crazy guy. <laughs> right. Uh, so because of that, I've been reading some of the Daredevil and uh, Moon Knight uh, comics through uh, through Amazon. And, and, uh, so just getting used to the uh, craziness of Moon Knight, which is why, like I said, the the TV show has got that down really well. Yeah. I'm looking forward to and it. I, I, do, uh, I, I, I should like mention that I am I should mention that I'm really unhappy with Amazon in regards to comic books right now. Oh, why? Um, they merged Comixology into um, Amazon proper. Oh, and okay. as a result, I've lost access to everything I ever bought through Comixology. Oh, Ooh, no. What? Do you, do you not have an Amazon account? I do, but it's an Amazon Canada account. Oh, I see. And Comixology is American. And it's, yeah, and it's like, it's a mess. Hold on. You should still it's... be able to access it, though, because I do the same thing. Like they, they did that with Audible, where Audible is now accessed through your Amazon account, but my Audible was in the States, and I don't have access to... Uh, audible at on at amazon.ca so um but i still have access to all my audible stuff and i just log in using this, the same login email regardless of which service it uses or which uh, which which one you're in well they changed the app they changed the comicsology app okay and it's blank like wow. all of my stuff is gone you know uh which is really frustrating because, for example, uh, one of my Bone trade paperbacks by Jeff Smith was amongst one of the things heavily damaged in this flood. I have the whole series. Um, I bought the massive trade. Um, yeah. So I have the whole massive trade through Comixology, mm-hmm. but I can't access it right now. Have you contacted their support? No, I haven't yet. It's just going to be a royal pain. I'm sure Mm -hmm. they're going to be able to fix it at some point, but I shouldn't have had to. Yeah, Yeah. I'm sure it'll just involve um, um, logging into the Amazon.com with your same login that you used for for the Comixology, and that should fix it. Yeah, but I tried, and it won't let me. Okay, well, (laughs) yeah, you'll probably need support to take care of it then. Do some sort yeah. of linking in the background. Anyway, sorry, just just I had forgotten about that. Just rant, rant really, away, uh, my friend. Uh, actually, speaking of chance Marvel, to rant. Speaking of Marvel, I have something to add to Marvel too. Um, like I've been out of miniatures and painting and and modeling and stuff for a, a few years now. I just haven't really been interested. Haven't had the drive. Uh, but I keep getting these free boxes of There's the Ma- Marvel right now. Christ, Crisis Protocol um, <laughs> games from uh, when I go to Adepticon. So the last couple of Adepticons, they've sent me 
uh, at least four boxes of uh, of miniatures. And I'm like, well, I guess that's just telling me I need to get into this game. So I actually ended up buying the the core set off of a friend, so I'd have all the rules and and um, the the base miniatures that it already comes with. So now I have like 15, 16 models that I need to start building and painting, and maybe I'll actually start playing a game of uh, of miniature combat using Marvel characters. Oh, cool! Yeah, it's been a long time since I've picked up a paintbrush. Yeah, same here. Well, you've got an entire orc army to put together and complete, don't you? Yeah, I know. Especially since I'm coming to Ottawa in June, I gotta, I gotta get some painting done. <laughs> put stuff on the table when you come down. Yep, exactly. <laughs> Sorry, Pat. Carry on. Oh no, uh, that's pretty much it. So, like I said, the the Marvel game, um, and then the comics. Oh. Okay, so moving fun. on to Pat. I'm going to butt in uh, for okay. just a well, second because I wanted to mention one TV thing mm -hmm. before that I've neglected to. Um, Amazon Prime brought back Grimm. Oh, really? So, oh. yep. So, so I've been watching Grimm again. The the initial run, or how, are they actually coming up with new new content as well? No, the initial the initial run. Okay. So I've been enjoying season one of Grimm. Yeah, Grimm, been, is, Grimm is fun. Yeah. Anyways, carry on. Okay. Uh, well, let's see. I've been, uh, I guess big thing is been watching Moon Knight. Um, so I'm really enjoying it. I've never followed Moon Knight in the comic books. Uh, I know a little bit about him. Uh, but for the most part, yeah, this is a, a brand new experience for me. And uh, I think it's pretty interesting. Um, looking forward to that. Uh, there's only, I think, two more episodes left in, in the series. And... Uh, uh, from what I understand, they're not doing a, a follow-up on it. So I, I hope things uh, wrap up well. Um, let's see. Uh, been uh, watching... Well, uh, Season 8 of The Flash has started up again. Um, and that's uh, all sorts of weird things. Now, you know, eight seasons, a lot has happened to Flash, and uh, it's kind of interesting as now his team is kind of experiencing some of the stuff that he experienced. Uh, and, you know, he's telling them, uh, be careful, don't do this. I know from experience, and they're not believing him. And at the same time, people are saying to him, well, you know, you've got to trust your team. You've got to give them a chance to uh, come up with their own answers and solutions to these problems. It, it can't all be uh, what you've experienced. So I guess uh, a little bit like what parenting's supposed to be. Uh, you know, I, I made the mis this mistake. Now I've got to watch you make it or try and stop you from doing it. Um, let's see. Uh, other things. Um, season two of Tiger and Bunny has released on Netflix. So this is a superhero genre story. Um, so season one, you've got... Uh, Tiger, who, or King, is it King Tiger, I think is his name? He's a, kind of a washed up superhero. Uh, oh, I should explain, in this universe, uh, superheroes are also celebrities, right? So there's a TV show there, the, that follows their uh, what goes on and they earn points and at the end of the year, the top superhero gets announced. Uh, also, they're all corporately sponsored, so they have to follow what their corporate sponsors are telling them to do. Um, they can't just be superheroing on their own. And so uh, King Tiger 
uh, is a little washed up. He has what's called the hundred power, which I think uh, was uh, for like five minutes he'd be one hundred times everything, right? A hundred times stronger, a hundred times faster, and so on. Uh, but because uh, he's aging, he's down to being able to do it for just one minute. <clears throat> and then along comes this uh, hero who calls himself Barnaby, uh, but, you know, Tiger nicknames him yeah. Bunny, which is where the title of the show comes from. Um, <clears throat> and Barnaby's basically just becoming a superhero to try and figure out why, what happened, or how his parents died, or who killed his parents. Uh, and Barnaby also has the 100 power. So season two, um, Barnaby's story is kind of wrapped up. He's, he's figured out uh, what happened with his parents and, and gotten a bit of revenge on the, the person who did it. Um, and season two, they, uh, because Barnaby and Tiger had such a good uh, partnership, um, or at least they developed into a good partnership, even though they were bitter rivals right at the start, um, they've taken all the other superheroes and uh, teamed them up with a similar, or, well, complementary uh, hero, uh, another complementary hero. Uh, and so season two has largely been, at this point, uh, just uh, the, a focus on each of the different superhero teams uh, and the problems that they're having being a team when they were so used to being individual, individual heroes to start with. Uh, but deep in the background, uh, there's uh, a pair of mysterious villains that are just killing off superheroes seemingly for fun, but they're connected to the organization that uh, Barnaby's parent, or that killed Barnaby's parents from the first season. So it's continuing that way. Uh, the big issue I'm having with it is that it was probably like five years between when they, uh, when I saw the first series and season two being released now. And it's, I'm having a hard time remembering what was going on and what was what it was about that first season that I liked so much that's making me want to watch the second season. Um, and the characters are interesting and the individual stories are good. The uh, I, I would like it if they were getting into the main plot of the season a little faster. Um, but yeah, there's a lot of character development going on with what were the secondary characters from season one. Uh, so that is kind of interesting. So if you enjoyed the first season, it's certainly worth checking it out. Um, let's see. Uh, uh, Brenda and I watched uh, the, the second season of Bridgerton, um, which is, you know, kind of like uh, uh, 18th century British fantasy. <laughs> fantasy in... There's no fantasy elements, but you know everything that's going on is is uh, definitely not what reality would have been like. Does she so, complain about the lack of sex in season two? Because apparently everyone's complaining about the lack of sex in season two compared to the first one. Um, no, not really. Uh, <laughs> it it's uh, kind of funny watching her because uh, you know she'll be saying, "Oh, you don't deserve him," and uh, you know the. Just stay away from each other, and then she's rooting for them to to, to pair up by the end. And <laughs> so, you know that that's kind of typical for her, and that's kind of how the the uh, the producers wanted you to go with it. Right. Um. It it uh, ends like even though the uh, main romance of the season gets resolved uh, in a satisfactory way. Uh, it ends with a lot of dark turns with some of these characters, so season three could be interesting. I don't know if it'll be quite as fun as seasons one and seasons two. Uh, 
you know, when I say fun, I mean lighthearted as the first two seasons were, because I, I think it's starting to get into some uh, darker territory as, as far as the friendships going on in the series uh, go. Um, we also watched The Marvelous Mrs. Maisel, mm -hmm. uh, season four, I think it is, um, which is a really great uh, comedy show. Or, or a comic look at comedy. Um, and it's specifically in the 1960s. Yes, it takes place in the 1960s. So, uh, you know, our, Mrs. Maisel, the main character, is uh, actually good friends with Lenny Bruce. Um, and uh, so in this season, like in the previous three seasons, she's sort of tied her cart to uh, someone else's horse to try and um, get... Uh, to move up in the industry uh, and each season ends with her uh, just basically losing that relationship and things go crashing down and she's practically starting from the beginning again. Um, so season four starts with her deciding that, uh, no, I'm not going to be relying on anybody else. I'm going to be making it in this business completely on my own terms. Um, so uh, there's a much bigger focus on the side characters uh, in season four, uh, though it is still her story, but, uh, you know, she's basically trying to survive doing things her own way instead of, uh, relying on established stars to help prop her up as she had been doing in the, at the beginning. Um, now the season ends in a strange place compared to the previous ones, because as I said, at the end of each previous season, she has a big fall. Um, and, uh, season eight didn't end that way. And, uh, for the most part, uh, Brenda and I just kept on looking and saying, "Okay, where's the next episode? Because this isn't <laughs> this couldn't possibly be how the season ends." Yep. Uh, and you know, almost uh, a month has gone by now, and uh, we still haven't gotten the last episode. And I checked on IMDb, and yep, for sure, the one we watched is definitely the last episode of the season. So, um, it's it's good. It's worthwhile, but it's uh, it's not quite following the same formula as the previous seasons. So uh, don't be surprised by that when it happens. It, it is a really fun show, though. It is. It is an excellent show. And uh, it, there was a long gap between season three and four, and mm -hmm. I'm sure COVID was the main reason for that. Uh, and I just hope that hasn't uh, hurt people's uh, uh, interest in the, in the series, because uh, I definitely do want to see a season five and a season six, hopefully. Um, though, you know, I keep on pointing out to Brenda that uh, Lenny Bruce doesn't exactly have uh, a happy ending. <laughs> she's she's no. like, ooh, ooh, Len Lenny Bruce? You mean that's a real person? Oh, yeah, she, she, she didn't know that was a real person? Like a real comic? No. Huh, interesting. Yeah, well, I mean, I knew of him, but I didn't really know what he was like or what his comedy was. I, sure. I'm learning more about him through this show than I ever did just, you know, knowing who he was. Mm -hmm. Um, I just really just knew that he was a controversial comic from the 1960s. Uh, let's see. Games-wise, uh, well, computer games, it's been all Elite Dangerous, just like uh, almost everybody else. Patrick, mm -hmm. seriously, when you get the time, get into it. Doesn't matter that you're far behind us because it's really not hard for us to help prop you up. Because mm -hmm. um, cash is really the, the big deciding factor on this for yeah. upgrading yeah. yourself yeah. and i mean you're going after bounties all you have to do is get a single shot in on the bad guy and everybody else can kill it and you still get full credit for it 
And then if so, you're all together in a wing, you can share your wing missions and get m like a lot of money off of that. Yeah, so it it really will not be hard for us to get you back up to steam. Uh, I mean, for the most part, Gavin has been kind of coasting and not doing much, and he just all of a sudden decided to get involved in trading. Mm -hmm. He's gotten himself to an elite rank in trading. He's got, uh, well, he's earned over a billion dollars worth of credits. He's also decided to become a ship collector, so he's blown most of it on <laughs> buying ships that he's never going to use. <laughs> yeah, he's a weird guy. <laughs> yeah. So but, I, uh, I, I do think slightly differently. Um, I've been... Uh, working on my rank in the federation trying to get at this like massive corvette carrier or it's like a uh, it's, it's a, a giant ship basically that has a lot of weapons on it and has the ability to have fighter bays so you can launch mm -hmm. your fighters to do your your fighting for you and yep. so i've been got grinding the, grinding this rep grinding this rep and then i got to this point where I, I figured out or i i saw a guide where some guy did a um a large cargo ship which happens to be bristling with weapons and you you have a small cargo hold you have a lot of shields and you have all these weapons in turreted format and then you have a fighter who's on autonomous um patrol duty around you and you can walk away from your computer and it takes care of it by itself so i've been leaving this thing on overnight and coming back and making like half a billion dollars it's it's once you get into the game it's really easy to make money so don't worry about being too far behind us yeah yeah, you'll be able to catch up in no time. Uh, though, you know, to be fair, Valheim is looking like it's getting a whole lot closer to dropping the Mistlands. Yeah, and then so we'll probably switch back to that pretty soon. Yeah. Um, uh, Tabletop-wise, uh, haven't been doing much, though uh, we are nearing the end of the latest phase in my Pathfinder game. Um, uh <laughs> I did some calculations or calculated out the experience after our last session and everybody, well, except for Chris, who missed a few sessions, so he's way behind, but everybody is four experience points away from uh, leveling up, uh, getting up to 15th level. Uh, they're also right on the cusp of figuring out, or they pretty much know what's going on. Now they're getting trying to get themselves into a position to actually do something about it, and they're trying to figure out how exactly are we going to do this. Um, now I understand that, uh, a certain, uh, wizard thief type character has a uh, birthday coming up soon. And I'm just wondering if I should, uh, gift the party for experience points <laughs> as, as a birthday gift. I wouldn't say no. <laughs> I wouldn't say no. So, uh, I, I'd say be prepared, uh, on Wednesday when we have our next session to actually be coming in at 15th level. Oh. I, I was feeling kind of cruel at just uh, having those four. And I'm pretty sure that at some point I probably could have uh, awarded for a minor uh, achievement and uh, given you 10 XP for that. So I'm, I'm, I think it's fair to say that uh, the people that were that close are going to be at 15th level the next time we play. Cool, um, because 15th is a big, is a big level for uh, spellcasters. Mm-hmm. So... Yep. I don't and think you're it'll probably make because yeah, they I don't are think about make... to uh, to face off with the the big bad of the uh, uh, I wouldn't say of the campaign but of uh, of this latest phase. Uh, so once they deal with that, they're going to be moving on to a whole other section of uh, of the mystery. Um, 
However, uh, we I am well going to be taking break. a break after uh, after we finish this phase. So once they've dealt with this big bad, uh, then uh, Dwayne has graciously offered to uh, run the Abomination Vaults. Mm. So I will be yeah. rejoining as a player again. I finally get to play this game as a player, <laughs> which should be fun. Abomination Vaults uh, is uh, what uh, Paizo calls an adventure path. So it's it's basically a pre-written campaign. Uh, most adventure paths will actually take a party from level one to level twenty. Sorry, Dwayne, I'm gonna have to interrupt here. I'm gonna have to uh, head off soon because my mom's getting ready to take care of my mom and stuff like that. So I'll let you guys go here. Okay. I guess we're not going to really be doing a section two and a section three, are we? Well, maybe. <laughs> well, I, I, I do have I'll one thing. I'll come and check you guys out. If you guys are still on, I'll, I'll be back in. If not, have yourselves a good evening. Cool. Same. Okay. Um, I, I do have one thing to talk about for segment two, but uh, I, I can do it afterwards. Okay. Well, yeah, because we're, we're still dealing with me, which mm -hmm. is, at this point is Dwayne explaining the Abomination Vaults. <laughs> yeah, Abomination Vaults... Uh, is a mega dungeon and it'll take characters from levels one through level 10. So it's probably the best reviewed mm -hmm. second ed adventure path. Yep. So, uh, so yeah, looking forward to uh, seeing how that works out. Yep. And uh, I Paizo... actually GM. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and uh, Paizo is, uh, I mean, this is more of a news and rumors side of things, but uh, they've uh, decided to actually start. Uh, really putting an emphasis on their creative stuff rather than the rule sets because uh, they're licensing pretty much everything into 5th ed as well. Which, of course, is sparking all sorts of trouble rumors. But no, I think it's a, a smart business move. Yeah, there was a, um, a big drop of information just, I think, a couple days ago about how they're bringing in Spelljammer and they're bringing in uh, Dragonlance, I think, into 5th ed now. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah, well, I mean, more people are playing Fifth Ed, and I guess if you can get people to see what uh, what Pathfinder is about as far as story goes, then you'll have more people interested in uh, in the rule set. Plus, let's face it, ev all of the rules for Pathfinder Second Edition are available for free online, mm -hmm. uh, and it's and it's sanctioned by uh, Paizo. Uh, so you know. Uh, the Archives of Nethys has Paizo's blessings. Um, so it's obvious that Paizo's really planning to be making their money off of their adventures, the, the adventure paths and so on, uh, the actual rule sets for the world uh, and things like that. So, you know, it, it makes total sense to make it available for other systems as well. That, that's where your bread and butter is really, or where you're planning on your bread and butter being. Um, yeah, so... Uh, yeah, that's uh, that's pretty much it. Um, yeah, the oh, the uh, Pathfinder Book of the Dead is probably dropping in another. Or sh sorry, it is already released in hardcover uh, and will be uh, dropping in PDF in another four days on the twenty seventh. Uh, yeah, so that's me. I'm ready for us to move on to segment two. Not that I have a whole lot to talk about. I okay. think I just did talk about my segment two stuff <laughs> uh the, the couple of things i want to talk about for segment two i'm really looking forward to the new kenobi show that's coming out in may mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, that's the next big thing coming out from disney plus that i'm, that I'm i specifically am looking forward to 
Oh, um, Doctor Strange coming out in theaters on May 6th. Uh, oh, that's, that's, that's also a good point. Yeah, so that's also coming up. That'll probably be out right around the time that this uh, episode drops. So it mm-hmm. might, might be great timing. Maybe we'll, uh, we'll go out and do like a, maybe see it all kind of at the same time or, or near the same time and then have a little discussion about it. Mm-hmm. Uh, the, the thing I actually wanted to talk about is this is our 10th anniversary for the podcast. And so uh, the, the official 10th anniversary episode will be our November episode. But leading up to that, I'm doing a mega trivia challenge um, where we're doing a March Madness style bracketing system. And uh, we've got currently 12 or 13 people signed up for it. There's still room for a couple more uh, people to join in to bring it up to a full 16. Um, if that doesn't happen, then um, then the hosts actually will get a buy in the first round and we'll, um, we'll have kind of our, our guests uh, play off in the first round and, and then each be um, partnered up against... Um, uh, one of the hosts in round two. So I'm really looking forward to that. We're going to have, uh, you'll, you'll actually have the first round at the end of this episode or for a two, the first two combats at the end of this episode. So, um, that, that's going to be coming in basically now. <laughs> you, realize, yeah. you, realize, you realize that if we end up with a buy in this and then we get slaughtered in the first <laughs> Yeah, it's going to be awesome. I'm, re- I'm really looking it's, forward to it. It's, it's not, not going to look too good for us. Listen, you're, you're getting a buy only because of your host status, not because of your knowledge. Like, that's not what the buy's about. <laughs> yeah. But, yeah. Uh, but the cool thing is the um, the actual... Uh, the the whole the whole competition will be tracked online. I have this really cool bracketing software that that or it's like an online bracketing software that I've um, signed up for, and I've got all all the the players entered into it, and the brackets are set up and ready to go. Um, and I'm going to make that public as the game goes live. So I'm really looking forward to that. There'll be a post on our Facebook site about it or our Facebook page about it. Um, first, a, a call for a few additional players. And then um, uh, the actual um, post about the, the the brackets. So yeah, look uh, look forward to that coming up. Basically, there'll be a few um, a few of the battles every episode between now and the November, and the finale should be on the November uh, podcast. Really looking forward to it. Okay, that's basically all I have. Uh, I don't have anything else for news and rumors at the moment. So why don't we say thank you for joining us for another episode? Oh, I had a few oh, things. Sorry, 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 sorry. My bad. Go ahead. Go ahead. Um, now I'm gonna have to cut mostly, this out. <laughs> it's mostly it's mostly Marvel stuff. Um, we brought up Doctor Strange, and I am really looking forward to Doctor Strange, especially after seeing Spider Man: mm-hmm. No Way Home. Um, uh, Miss Marvel is coming up. Mm-hmm. Um, June, I believe. And they released a trailer for that, and the trailer is great. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think it's. I think it has a lot of promise. And I gotta say, uh, Marvel Television has been really solid. Mm-hmm. I've liked all the Disney Plus stuff so far. So, definitely looking forward to. Miss Marvel, and yet another example of Canadians taking over the entertainment world. <laughs> Since the young lady that they found to play Kamala is Canadian. 
Mm-hmm. So um, there's that. Uh, in Saturn news, uh, Across the Spider-Verse has been delayed from this fall to next summer. That's the animated follow-up to the, to the last movie? That's right. Yeah, the, the sequel to Into the Spider-Verse. Right. So, um, so yeah, not till next summer. And the sequel to that, because they greenlit two sequels at once, um, has been pushed back to 2024. Okay. Yeah. So, you know, not great. Um, in lack of news, we still don't have a She-Hulk date yet. Mm-hmm. But we do but, have a uh, Sword, Love, and Thunder uh, teaser. Yes, and I enjoyed the teaser. Mm-hmm. Uh, looking forward to it. Um, I keep remembering Natalie Parkman's great comment. Uh, Brie Larson posted a picture of herself holding Thor's hammer. And amongst all the, with the caption, told you I could lift it. Um, and amidst all the, you know, fanboy rage, people can be real idiots, I gotta say. Mm-hmm. Well, they've, um, they've had a hate on for her ever since the first movie. So yeah. nothing yeah. surprises me. But, uh, yeah, but uh, Portman posted a comment, hey, muscles, easy with my hammer. <laughs> <laughs> So, um, we do indeed get to see Natalie Portman with Mjolnir in the teaser. Yep. And she looks good. Mm-hmm. Um, like, I, like I said earlier, uh, I'm just starting reading the comics of that, so the timing is good. I'll have read, you know, probably the first three, four issues by the time the movie comes out. Well, actually, probably a little more than that, actually. When's the movie supposed to be coming out? The summer sometime? Uh, is it the summer or is it like early fall? Yeah, I think it's fall. It uh, might September. be early fall. Because I know, I know, you know, Doctor Strange is in May. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I just can't remember offhand when Thor is. But, but, uh, but yeah. And, you know, I, I don't want to discuss the teaser too much because I know Dev its trailers i do but, I've, uh, i haven't seen anything about it although i've seen pictures of the lady thor outfit and and her holding mjolnir and it looks pretty good mm-hmm. yeah but uh you know it looks like there's a whole bunch of things that'll show up oh, looks i don't like know it's for how long in july is it july uh, okay. okay yeah so in most of europe it's getting released uh, july 6th and on other parts it's july 7th um, I, I, I don't see Canada in this list. It's, this seems to be mainly... Um, well, Europe, we're but... pretty much getting it when the U.S. does. We'll right? be whenever the states are. Yeah, so it, it's going to be in July sometime. That's cool. Yeah, so that is definitely something to look forward to. And then we'll go from there. So that was pretty much all I wanted to mention. Okay. So... Well, since we've got nothing else, why don't we say thank you for joining us for another episode of the Out of the Basement podcast. And uh, congratulations, guys, on 10 years. That's a pretty big uh, achievement. It is. Uh, I'm surprised. I'm surprised it's, been, it's gone by fairly quick. True. Uh, yeah. And we, we finally made it over 100 episodes. <laughs> Which is great. Yay. 
So thanks. Thanks for listening, folks. Yep. yep. And we will see you next time. See you next time. Bye. I'll just talk to you next time. <laughs> <laughs> yes. All right. Hello and welcome to the 10th annual Out of the Basement Podcast Trivia Contest Extravaganza. This is going to be the first battle in a series of... I, I've lost count of how many battles there actually are. Uh, 8, 10, 11, I think, total battles. Um, as we do a ladder-style... Um, or, or a March Madness-style um, bracket system in order to find the final winner in this trivia contest. So, in this first battle, we've got our two contestants, our first contestant entering the ring, two-time winner of the Out of the Basement annual Star Wars trivia contest, Matthew Clark! And your specialist subject, Matt, is World Wrestling Federation slash World Wrestling Entertainment History. Can I pump in my own crowd noise? Sure, why not? <laughs> His opponent, frequent contributor to the Tuesday night Twitch stream hosted by the Out of the Basement podcast, it's Gavin Abbott. And Gavin, your specialist subject is 40k history. Hi. <laughs> awesome. All right, so the format of this trivia contest is we will ask each contestant 10 questions. Um, Matt, just by random selection, I have selected you to go first. I will ask you your 10 questions. We will have a total answer, a total score based on the number of answers you get correctly. And then I will ask Gavin his 10 questions, and then that will determine who the winner is of the first battle. All right, Matt, are you ready? Yes, I am ready. Okay, question number one. In an, in an homage to his native city, Tom Selleck's character in Magnum P.I. wears a baseball cap of what team? I think I was in diapers during Magnum <laughs> P.I. That's probably true. Um, I'm going to go with Boston. Uh, I'm, I'm afraid it was actually the Detroit Tigers. Well, that's right. a shame. That's my favorite team. Is it really? Detroit Tigers? Yeah. Cool. Uh, question number two, when referring to a website's address, what does the acronym URL stand for? And please, no Googling. Can I answer? Uh, <laughs> you, you can answer once once he says, I don't know, or gets the, the question wrong. Yeah, I'm not even, I'm walking her away from my computer, so I'm not like your sister <laughs> and cheating. <laughs> I, for the life, I don't remember. Okay, Gavin, do you have the answer? Is it a universal relay link? It's not. It's a uniform resource locator. But it was a, oh, that, that was yeah. a good attempt. Okay, question number three, Matt. So far, zero for two. Uh, according to Star Trek science fiction franchise, according to the Star Trek science fiction franchise, Earth is what class of planet? That would be an M class. Correct. All right, so that's one point for Matt. The ancient citadel of Machu Picchu was built by which pre-Columbian which pre-Columbian Empire? Uh, the Incan. Incan Empire is correct. Matt, two points. Right. Question number five. Where would one arrive at the second star to the right and straight on until morning? Neverland. That is correct. Matt, three points out of a possible five so far. Not bad. Uh, question number six. Torchwood is an anagram and spinoff of what popular British sci-fi series? I think I know. Doctor Who? Doctor Who is correct. 
Um, question number seven. Who used to act as a mentor towards Edge and Christian in the WWE? Well, that could be a few different people, but uh, let's go with Gangrel. Gangrel is correct. Question number eight. Before Bret Hart teamed up with Jim Neidhart to form the Hart Foundation, he had a short and mostly forgettable run as a singles wrestler in 84-85. Nevertheless, his debut match in the WWE was part of a tag team. Who was his partner? <laughs> Again, diapers. <laughs> uh, I'm going to go with... Normally they'll team a young guy with an, with uh, a veteran, but I'm going to go with a wild guess and say Rick Martel. Uh, Rick Martel is incorrect. It was actually the Dynamite Kid. Uh, that makes sense. They trained at the same spot. All right. Question number nine. Who did Stephanie McMahon dump for Triple H? Test. Test is correct. And finally, your last question. Uh, and this is actually like a, it's a two-part question. Uh, if you, if you get the initial answer right, that's fine for an extra point. I'll actually ask you to list the members. How many members are there in the Heart Foundation group? Oh, it depends on what era. Um, I, think, um, I think this is the original forming, like the original group. Well, the original group, there was only two. Oh, that, that was, it can't be just the two. Then. Well, so I'm I'm gonna say two, three, four. I'm gonna go with four. Four is incorrect. The answer was actually five. But if five, you can, if Brian you can name all five of them, then I will give you a bonus point. Okay. So Bret Hart, Owen Hart, Jim <laughs> Nye, um, Bret Hart, Owen Hart, Davy Boy Smith. Brian Pillman and Jim Neidhart. That is correct. Um, the, I had the British Bulldog, but I know who you're talking about. Awesome. Um, so that's uh, one point. So that's seven points out of a possible, actually 11, but 10. All right, Gavin, how, how do you feel about uh, seven possible points out of, a, out of, out of 10? Yeah, I'm going to lose. <laughs> okay. <laughs> uh, so let's start with your first question. Um, I'm going to do, I'm going to give you a quote. I need you to tell me which uh, cartoon character said this quote. Hey, boo, boo. Let's get us a picnic basket. Yogi bear. Yogi bear is correct. Uh, in, um, website development, what do the letters HTML stand up, stand for? Hypertext markup language. That is correct. Rutger Hauer played Roy Batty in what 1982 neo-noir science fiction film? Blade Runner. Blade Runner is correct. In 19, uh, sorry, in 1814, Napoleon was exiled to which island located off the coast of Tuscany? Oh, God. Um, I could guess at this one after. No clue. Okay. So pass? Yeah. Okay. Matt? It's Elba, right? El Elba is correct. Uh, in Shakespearean, in the Shakespearean tragedy Romeo and Juliet, what is Romeo's last name? Oh God! Um, oh God! It's right on the tip of my tongue too. Oh, I can't remember. Matt. Montague. Montague is correct. Uh, question number six. 
The largest volcano ever discovered in our solar system is located on which planet? Uh, um, I don't know, Mercury? Incorrect. The answer is Mars. Oh, okay. And so, strong yeah. out the gate with the first three questions, and then faltering a bit when we got into the historical and, uh, and outer space. On to your specialist questions. First one. Which fortified world of the Imperium watches over the Eye of Terror? Cadia. Cadia is correct. It's not correct, because Cadia was destroyed. <laughs> <laughs> That's in the most current, um, uh, but uh, the, traditionally. So it's, it's correct. It's full I'll, points. It's full points. Yes. Um, by what title do the Dark Eldar refer to the Chaos God, Slanesh? Oh, God. Um, I know this because they're one of my favorite factions. Yeah, I know. And it, uh, funny, because I was reading a Dark Eldar novel yesterday. <laughs> Do they not refer to her? Yeah, they did. That's why I'm fucking drawn up blank. <laughs> Do you want to take a I, guess at it? No, I don't want to guess. Okay, Matt? All I can come up with is Kane. That's not no, right. that, that, that's Kayla that, Mincha Kane. That's uh, yeah. the bloody hand of God. Yeah, the correct answer is she who thirsts. Yes. Oh, uh, yes. Uh, question number nine. Which pattern of power armor is favored by the Raven Guard? That would probably be um, Mark V armor. Mark V is incorrect. It's actually the Mark VI Corvus armor with the beakies. <laughs> And question number 10, and again, this is a two-parter, so the first one, all you have to do is give me a number, and then if you can actually list them out for me, then I'll give you an additional, additional point. How many cast levels are there in the Tau hierarchy? Uh, earth, water, fire, and air. Energy. Wait. Five. Five. Okay, five is correct. Can you name them for me? Earth cast, fire cast, water cast, air cast. No, no, and not, not, not the cast themselves, the, the hierarchy, the actual uh, level of... Um, uh, oh, um, ethereal, then it goes to um, the water cast because they're the diplomats, then it's the fire cast. No, no, not, not, not... What do you mean? By hierarchy, I mean um, there, there are five levels in, in, in each... Um, in each in each cast, there's there's five. Oh, levels. you're ta you're talking like Shaz La, Shaz El, Shaz O. Exactly. Um, Shaz El, Shaz El, Shaz La, Shaz O. No, Shaz Ui, Shaz El. So you've you've listed four of them. There's there's a fifth one. Because I know in the air cast it's Coral, but La, El, Ui. Oh, fuck, I'm drawing a blank on the last one. I'm going to have to hurry. Yeah, no. Okay, Matt, do you do you know what the missing cast level in the Tau hierarchy is? No, I'm Googling it. So <laughs> if, I, if I knew, I'd be cheating, but uh, I, I would have thought the same thing. Fire, earth, air, water. So the, the, five, the five levels, as I found them, are La, Ui, Vre, V-R-E. Oh! L and then O is the highest. Yeah. So, uh, with a possible out of 10 questions, you actually managed to get five points, but unfortunately that's not enough. And, and uh, Matt, 
does indeed win this first round and move on to the second round, which I think is against Patrick Gleason. Ah, my arch nemesis. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So thank you for joining us for uh, the first battle in our 10th anniversary trivia contest extravaganza. Hello and welcome to battle number two in the Out of the Basement podcast 10th anniversary trivia extravaganza there we go got through it all in one uh today we've got two brand new contestants competing for the first time in this competition uh contestant number one uh you know him from such uh out of the basement episodes as adepticon tour episode special one and adepticon tour episode special two we've got I was, wait I was waiting. Is that Tim or me? No, it's you, dude. Yeah, I didn't know. Well, well we're both there, goofball. <laughs> Thanks, Chuck. <laughs> it's it's a pleasure to be here. <laughs> Can't wait to see those lovely bachelorettes. We're, we're, we're both going to answer to contestant number one. <laughs> <laughs> okay, let's start over and do a proper introduction. Our first contestant in tonight's battle, frequent contributor to the Out of the Basement podcast, Adepticon Specials, it's Terry McGregor! And Terry, your special subject is the Stargate Universe. We're and... waiting for Mobitech to be delivered. No, <laughs> and his opponent from the anonymous tabletop podcast, it's the mighty Tim. And Tim, your special subject is automobiles from movies and TV shows. Hello. All right, so um, I've already explained this to uh, in the previous episode, but or the previous uh, battle, but I will explain it again to these contestants. Uh, this is a single elimination trivia contest. Each player will be asked 10 questions, six of which are just general geek knowledge trivia. Could be from history, could be about computers, could be about anime, could be about movies, TVs, whatever. But it's all kind of geek related. And then four... Um, uh, four questions from their specialist subjects. Oh, and let me introduce the specialist subjects. Terry, your specialist subject is the uh, Stargate universe. And Tim, your specialist subject is car, uh, cars from TV and movies from like the 80s, 90s, and 2000s. Yep. All right. That's uh, me. So we will start with Terry, contestant number one. I will start with your 10 questions. Are you ready? Sure. All right, question number one. In the 1983 movie, National Lampoon's Vacation, what fictional amusement park were the Griswold family trying to get to? Wally World. But Wally World? To... I should have told you. Wally World is correct for one point. Question number two. When referring to cables used to transmit audio video information, what does HDMI stand for? High density multi-something. Close, but not quite. It's actually high definition multimedia interface. So no points sure. there. Question that, that is one of the worst nerd questions I've heard. By the way. <laughs> I know. Tim, can I get a little? Can I get a little judgment on that one? Why did Betamax fade away? Uh, that's that's a that's a multi uh, uh, phase question. There are many answers to that. There's only and one. we've all watched Tropic Thunder. <laughs> Okay, question number three. The phrase, 
What you talking about, Willis, is a catchphrase spoken by the actor Gary Coleman in what American television show? Different Strokes. Different Strokes is correct. That's two points for you so far. Well, okay. In Roman mythology, Veritas is the goddess of what? Veritas? Correct. Yeah, I don't know. The correct answer is truth. In well, the... I was truthful <laughs> in letting that you, you know, know I did not know. <laughs> in yeah, the movie... Point, I'm going to be rooting for Tim. I'm just trying to get something on the board. Okay. Well, you've already got two points, so that's that's good. Uh, in the movie The Terminator, what is the name of the com company that created Skynet? Oh, for Christ's sake. That's Cyberdyne. Cyberdyne Systems is correct. Who created the comedy science fiction series The Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy? You picked one of the few things I do not like for, uh, for uh, comedy. Okay. Are you looking for the director, the author? Because it was a book. The the author of the book. I the hell is the guy's name? <laughs> Adams, right? I will. I will actually need his full name, please. Oh, for Christ's sake! Really? Ah, uh, the D, definitely a D. I don't know. He was one of the authors. I know that much. I'm I'm comfortable with my valiant of D Adams. So D Adams actually is correct, but the correct the real correct answer is Douglas Adams. Douglas yeah, Adams. His friends, of course, his friends would never call him D. <laughs> or or the big D. You know what? I'm gonna give you half a point for that. So currently, <laughs> currently sitting at three and a half points after the first six questions. Uh, Tim, this is this is every conversation with Dev. It's like you have to negotiate. <laughs> and unless you have a Canadian translator on board, you don't get anything. So if I had Matt negotiating for us, <laughs> we would have we would have more points and a twofer that we could split. Okay, question number seven, and moving into your specialist knowledge uh, section. Uh, in the Stargate universe, which Egyptian goddess is the daughter of Ra? In the Stargate universe, correct. I don't know if this god is actually There's, the daughter. The, the this goddess is actually the daughter of Ra in, in Egyptian I have, mythology. I have, stupid, I have a stupid question sure. because I know I know both, or I know more. I know it's more than one, so it's a trick question. Okay, because Hathor was in the Stargate universe, and she was also played by a very attractive actress slash actor, depending on how you would care to be identified if you're listening please call me um and the other daughter uh you uh, it is still a trick question the other daughter is bestet you're you're a jerk because he had three daughters <laughs> tim this is some bullshit well right here H hathor is actually the correct answer that i was looking for so i will give you a point for that and that's it uh Question number. And what about what about the cat lady? I don't know about the cat lady. I only know about Hathor. But yeah, because she was implied to be in there, even though, and that was like one of the few alien races that was mentioned but never seen on screen because they were literally cat people. Okay. Tim, I'm fishing for another half a point. 
I don't know if you noticed. <laughs> uh I was only looking for one answer, so I'm happy with the one answer you've given me for the one point. And let's move on mm -hmm. to the next question. Even though, even though it's a trick question. Question number eight. Listen, I've never seen the Stargate universe. I looked these up online, and this is the answer that was given to me, okay? That's the answer I have. What is the name? <laughs> what is the oh, name? <laughs> oh, my God. What is the name of the mountain in which the Stargate is situated? Cheyenne. Cheyenne oh. is correct. They had the same clip for like 34 seasons. <laughs> and those two little bastards with the braids walking in the bottom right of the screen by the bar. Uh, why? Like watching Battlestar with that one when the Viper pulled up. Right. Man, I love the original Battlestar Galactica. Okay, moving on to question number nine. Why does Daniel have his left leg amputated? That, you're crazy. <laughs> How how is that crazy? Oh uh, Bear Trap. Uh the correct answer was actually Frostbite. And question number ten. Stargate Atlantis follows the present day adventures of Major John Shepard and his military team from Earth that, along with two dozen other teams, explore the distant the distant planets in which galaxy? Pegasus. Pegasus is correct. So for a grand total of six and a half points. Out of 10, oh, well. how do you feel uh, about your score? I would say it's a disputed six and a half, but sure, let's go with that. So we'll just round it down to six then? <laughs> According to the D&D rulebook and Shadowrun, <laughs> round up. Uh, okay, uh, moving on to Tim. Uh, let's start with your first question. In the American sitcom ALF, Gordon Shumway crashed his spacecraft into the garb garage of which family? Oh, shit. <laughs> Are we allowed to buzz in on other people's stuff? No, but, but if, if, if he uh, ends up not knowing, I'll ask if you can if you know the answer. Yeah, oh, crap. Uh, uh, I have no idea. Drawing a blank. Terry? Willie Tanner! The Tanner family, Tanner. The Tanner family is Tanner. correct. I'm impressed oh. that you pulled out the Gordon Shumway. <laughs> <laughs> and actually, it's Dr. Gordon Shumway. He didn't spend four years in medical school to be called. Mister? <laughs> uh, in database programming, Tim, SQL is an oh. acronym for what? What is, what is it? SQL? SQL. I have no idea. <laughs> the correct answer is structured query language. Oh, I knew that. No, I did. These alleged trivia questions. You know, we should have switched each other's lists. I was doing way better in my head on Terry's. <laughs> Question number three. In which 1993 thriller does the protagonist violently lose his cool when a fast food restaurant will not let him order from the breakfast menu? Ooh. Oh. One of my favorite movies from the 90s. Um, Falling Down. Falling Down is correct. So... Tim, on the board. First point so far today. <laughs> question. It's going to be a lonely point. <laughs> question number four. The signing of the Paris Peace Accords officially ended direct U.S. involvement in which war? Uh, Paris Peace Accords. Um, World War One. 
And now I'm afraid it was the Vietnam War. Yeah, I had no idea. <laughs> okay, question number five. What 2013 science fiction blockbuster starred Sandra Bullock and George Clooney? Sandra Bullock and George Clooney. Correct. Oh, fuck. Uh, no idea. I would like to fight for Tim. That's a bullshit question. How is no one, no, one, no one has seen that one. I've seen it, and it's a decent enough movie. I mean, it's it's, it's not great, but it's it's okay. The the correct okay, answer is the movie Gravity. Yeah, I never saw it. I never heard of it. Gravity. Oh, wait a minute. Wait, did you say 1983? No, 2013. Oh, I thought you said 83. Uh, still. <laughs> Blockbuster? I don't know. Okay. <laughs> I'll see that point. Okay, so next question. This is question number six. The novel Don Quixote was written by which fam famous Spanish novelist? Again, one of my favorite oh. books. Oh, I don't know. It's in my Audible queue, but I haven't listened to it yet. I don't know. The correct answer is Miguel de Cervantes. How, how in God's name are these nerd questions? <laughs> uh, Don Quixote is a very... This, this is a literary nerd question. That's an educated person question, not a nerd question. Okay. Yeah. The nerd bell curve has taken a big dive, dude. We're no longer smart. Okay. You seriously overestimated our IQs. Apparently. <laughs> uh, okay, moving into your specialist subject. Uh, which, uh, which movie features Michael Caine, Minnie Coopers, and the city Turin? The um, Italian job. Italian job is correct. Can you please say it in the Michael Caine accent? <laughs> oh, I don't have a Michael Caine voice other than saying, Hi, I'm Michael Caine. <laughs> uh, question number eight. In the first Beverly Hills Cop, what kind of car did Axel drive? Uh, he drove a Chevy Nova, I think a 74. Chevy Nova is correct. While original, okay, this is question number nine. While it originally depicted as a Volkswagen Beetle, this Autobot receives a makeover when brought to the big screen and is now tearing up the streets in the form of a Dodge Camaro. A Dodge Camaro? Chevy Camaro? Oh, uh, Chevy. Bumblebee. Chevy. Yeah. Bumblebee is correct. Is it Chevy? The question is no, flawed. Yeah, it's a Chevy Camaro. Uh, and question number 10. In the movie Fast and Furious, the only unmodified vehicle driven by a principal actor was a Ford F-150. What was the purpose of that vehicle? Uh, uh, ooh, 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 uh, to, to carry home parts from all the other fake cars as they fell apart. I don't know. The correct answer is parts delivery truck for Harry's Auto Parts, the store which the uh, the the main character was embedded into as an undercover cop. Okay. Oh my gosh, that's that's, sweet. that was a terrible yeah. movie. I rolled my eyes the whole movie. Really, I love that movie. Maybe, maybe mainly, or maybe because for the same reason I love the movie Hackers, even though it's got nothing to do with actual computers and or hacking. I fucking love that movie. The original <laughs> Fast and Furious is probably one of my favorite uh, one of my favorite movies. Honestly, Tim, doing a weekend with the Fast and Furious franchise is stupid funny. Yeah. Especially I, when the I mean, cars die. I've seen them all, but I'm just oh, 
What about so the annoying. state? Like, when you're a car guy, you just do stupid shit. Yeah. It's like, oh, that's how that works. Well, I'm a computer guy, and yet I can still turn that off for uh, to watch um, Hackers because it's such a good movie. All right, so after 10 questions, you have a grand total of four correct answers, which makes today's winner, Terry, with 6.5. Congratulations, Terry. Thank you. Congratulations, Terry. Thank I would you, have done so much better than the rest. And it's also in protest because because Tim and I probably have uh, reversed reverse, uh, expertise areas. Yeah, apparently. Yes. All right. So or, thank, or not these areas. Yeah. So thank, thank you for joining us to, for the second battle in the Out of the Basement podcast 10th anniversary trivia extravaganza. We'll catch you in the next episode. Thank you for joining us for another episode of the Out of the Basement podcast. We'd like to thank Radio Free Music for our intro and outro music. Both songs were done by an amazing artist named Silent Partner. The intro music is called Drop and Roll and the outro music is called Grand Navy Plaza. And we'll have links to both those songs in our show notes. If you liked what you heard and wish to support the show, please consider becoming a backer on Patreon. We can be found at patreon.com slash OOTBpod. Thanks again for joining us, and we'll see you next time.